Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. Friendships are one of the great joys in life, and the greatest pals can become family. We don't get to choose the families we're born into, but we do get to choose our friends and who we hold dear throughout life. As we grow older, it's beautiful and sometimes sad to find out which friendships grew even stronger and which ones fell apart or went dormant. Before we started Asian Boss Girl five years ago, we'd known each other as friends for about seven years. Lucky for us, working together has strengthened our relationships with one another. What's helped has been our dedication to communication and building a strong foundational friendship. We received many messages from listeners who want to hear more on the topic of friendship. From making new friends to maintaining existing ones and dealing with fallouts, we'll share our thoughts and experiences on this episode. According to Psychology Today, there are actually seven types of friendships. One are lifelong friends, two, best friends, three, close friends, four, social group friends, or friends you socialize with but with whom you are not particularly close, Activity friends, friends with whom you engage in specific activities such as gym buddies, or maybe you're members of the same book club or dinner club, church circles, so on. The sixth type of friendship are friends of convenience, or the people whom you might share carpooling duties, or youth sports teams for parents, uh, maybe neighborhood groups, and so on. And the seventh type of friendship is what is called an acquaintance friend or people at work, people you see every day when you're walking your dog, uh, folks you know to speak to but not about anything of consequence or especially personal. For today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the most intimate friendships or what we like to call chosen family. As you're going through this list, were you thinking about certain people in your life? Like, oh, where do they fit? Are they lifelong friends or best friends, close friends, social group friends? Where do they fall for you? I definitely did because I was thinking like, I have a friend that I'm like, you don't fall into any of these categories. Oh, Mm. are they number eight? (laughs) They're like off the list here. (laughs) Number eight, people you're friends with, but don't really want to continue and deepen a relationship with, but you're still cordial and like fine with. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Who are you talking about here? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) (laughs) As we get older, um, our friendships might change, right? So I think we've talked about in past episodes when we were younger, what are some of the things that we look for in a friendship? But now, thinking that it's like 2022, we're all, you know, in our our 30th decade, um, and especially now after a pandemic where I think that called to question a lot of our values and our relationships, what do you ladies now look for in a friendship? And what distinguishes close friends from your best or lifelong friends? We're in our third decade, right? Not our 30th decade. <laughs> oh, we're in our third decade. <laughs> I just caught that and I was like, mm, I'm not that old yet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. <laughs> well, firstly, I think just a little bit of a distinction between best friend and lifelong friend, which are the top two of the list that Janet mentioned earlier. 
I feel like for me is how long of a friend this person has been around for. Like, for example, a best friend feels more current, like someone who you can call up to chat about anything and everything about. It could be the first person you call when you get an amazing opportunity that is once in a lifetime, or it could be about how gigantic your poop is, like literally anything, right? And I feel like a lifelong friend is someone who can be the same person, but if they're different, it could be someone who you've been friends with since your pubescent years, someone from grade school or high school that you're still close with, someone who you might not see too often, but the moment you do, it's like no time has passed. They might not know everything that is happening in your life, but they will be your lifelong friend through like the end of time. And I will say that one is not more valuable than the other mm. in my eyes. And I'm curious if you feel, we both feel the same way about that. Um, but those are like the two best types of friends that I love to have. Mm. Do you ladies think one is more valuable than the other? Yeah, that's actually a very good point. I, I kind of, if I had to choose one, I would say lifelong more than close friends, but I think, like to your point, they're valuable for different reasons, and it'd be really challenging to not consider the people just because you haven't known them as long, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. My gut, as you're, you both are explaining, very valid reasons. I think for me, I actually, like lifelong versus close friends, right? Ah, uh, man, it's hard because... Maybe I'm very more focused on like where I am currently, and obviously when I where I'm currently, I share a lot of that with my close friends because they've they know where I am mentally, physically. But some of my close friends have been with me for ten plus years, though. So my answer is like mixes together. So for you, the ideal is the close lifelong friend. <laughs> like a clear example. I mean, I talk about this, but it's like Sally. I knew Sally since college, but I feel like we've grown together the last ten years. That she feels like. Lifelong, but also close, mm -hmm. you know, like, right? Like, it's kind of hard to separate yeah, the, yeah. The, the two for me. Yeah, I think that's the ideal if you can have that, like, friend that you've known forever and they're still very active and, like, a best friend in your life. Yeah, that's the best. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, Jay, I feel like the difference between close friends and best friends or lifelong friends is the difference in level of one mutual sharing and vulnerability like getting real deep with one another and having those difficult conversations that are not so fun to have but sometimes necessary whether it's about each other or sharing something deep about yourself that you wouldn't willy-nilly go and tell a stranger right um two is mutual intention to be very present in one another's lives so obviously you both have to vibe very well and it should feel effortless in conversation in daily activity and you both should make each other feel like a priority and special. I think that's also very important. And lastly, trust. I think especially at my age now, I've been broken down by specific people in my life that I considered a close friend, if not a best friend. And I used to not have my walls up as easily, but now I do. You know, and, and, and if there's any sign of why I might not be able to trust that person, I become just very selective of if I want to continue hanging out with them or not. So trust for sure would be up there for me. Um, so mutual sharing and vulnerability, reciprocal effort while feeling effortless and someone who makes you feel special. And three would be trust. Those are the things that separate best slash lifelong friends with just a close friend. Mm. Wow. You you said actually um, I, I was nodding along because I was like, oh my God, we have some similar answers. I'm just like, is this why we're like friends? <laughs> um, it's so effortless. That, so that was the first thing I wrote down actually so mm. one thing I feel that I really look for in like a very lifelong slash close friend is this effortless feeling like you could be around them and feel super comfortable in your own skin like I feel this I think feeling this effortless feeling does come from like years of being with someone like mm. for example with you two I know you guys were like what seven years now and also having kind of similar personalities uh, a bit like someone I also think about is my friend Cindy that I've known since college. Lindy and I can literally be in a room together and not talk and be totally comfortable. And it just feels like effortless because our personalities are both very loungy type. So it just kind of works. Um, I combine these other answers. I like the I like thoughtfulness, consideration, and empathy are things I really look for in our close friends. And it's kind of like Helen, what you said about like being vulnerable, um, being able to share and listen to each other and feeling that safeness to do that. Mm -hmm. um, 
I said there's like a mutual want to be there for one another, wanting to understand and listen to each other. Um, I also said, you feel like your best self and are the happiest when you're around them. Like, it's a vibe. Like, it's a vibe. <laughs> I can't describe it. <laughs> Sometimes it just, it feels fun. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's like a fun, effortless feeling. And another thing is like, their win feels like your win. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you share something with me that you really wanted and you accomplish, I will feel that excitement and joy for you. Yeah. Because it feels like with one person, I don't know, that sounds really lame. Um, and this last thing, which I actually find myself like being like, duh, but there's like a mutual, genuine interest in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There's sometimes with like a, like a friend. I don't know what type of level would reach out. I'm like, do you want to grab lunch? And I realized like I don't really care to hear about what's going on in your life, and that is like the like true reality that I realized versus my close friends. I want to hear about Janet's date. I want to hear about Helen's trip with her, like her family. Like these are things I genuinely really want to know about. And if I don't care enough to know, I don't think you're my close friend, and I don't <laughs> think you should have me as a close friend. But would you go to lunch with that person? No. (laughs) I mean, I think... Sorry. Well, I saw on the calendar recently a lunch that you did not want to go to. I took it off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Cool. We we do have a shared ABG calendar just so that we kind of um, are aware of each other's schedules because we schedule very ad hoc meetings. So, um, yeah, we see see some uh, lunch dates that Mel's had and ones that she's taken out. But I think it's really interesting that you focus a lot on um, when it comes to like what do you look for in a friendship, you're reflecting a lot on how you feel, right? And like what if you're interested in them, which is really important instead of just looking Mm -hmm. at like what are the values that this person has, but um, yeah, like do how they enhance you or whatnot. Um, As I'm listening, as I listen to both your ladies' lists, the whole time I just kept thinking, damn, this sounds like the way that I would answer like what am I looking for in a partner? Like a lot of the characteristics that you described and, and things you wanted to feel, the things you wanted that person, uh, your relationship with that person. Um, yeah, I was like, this is this is what it's been heavy on my mind over the last like two or three years as I'm like trying to find a partner. A lot of these are the same qualities that I would list for a friend. Um, and for me, the the first thing that I now think about, and I think maybe especially because after the pandemic where I felt like there was like you – it just pulled away from my schedule having to hang out with people out of obligation, right? And it really made me question, like, what what am I gaining from the relationships in my life? Um, and for me, I, I feel like the question I will ask myself is, after I spend time with you, do I feel happy? Like, in that experience, did I enjoy your company? Um, when we were hanging out, did I feel engaged? Was I stimulated? I just think that, you know, now more than ever, I feel like life is short and not only is your time precious, but my personal tolerance for not feeling good after hanging out with someone, I just don't need to do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing I look for in a friendship is, I think both of you have mentioned this in some way, is mutual benefit, right? Benefiting one person and the other way around, but that it's not necessarily a one-for-one match. I know for me, for example, that I bring a lot of value to a lot of my friends through listening and uh, making them feel heard and being there during challenging times for them. Um, but I, when I think back to how people benefit me, that's not necessarily how I receive friendship in the best way. Mm. I think for me, it's I value a lot of like, do you enrich my life? Like, do I feel like I, I learn from you? Um, do you make me laugh? I have a lot of friends in my life that just like, when we hang out we just laugh a lot and that brings so much joy for me (laughs) and then also like I love to banter I love friendly debate so a lot of I get along really well with people who like to chat and like to talk um and also I like to do different things and activities so like when I'm if if you're someone that I spend time with and we're always doing new activities or you have uh, like hobbies that I find interesting then for me that is like something that I look for more um now that I'm um, I'm older Um, And I also noticed that this is more of a self-reflective thing, but I've seen a pattern in a lot of my friends um, that I I tend to attract people or keep people around to take care of me. And like like there's like a maternal aspect. I I think people who cook for you, um, people who look out for you the way that like almost like an older sibling would, um, that's become a theme that I've seen. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Those are some of the kind of the, the things that I look for in friendships now. 
now upon reflecting of, I guess, given the last couple of years and being in my later 30s. I will say hearing everyone's response, it's really contingent on your personality, actually. Because like Jenny, we were saying like, I love people that have like deep conversations and stimulate you. That's where I stimulate you. (laughs) It's very true to who you are as a person. Like you love deep conversations. And then when I even think of my own answer, I think about like, I just want a good ass time. Like not like not like a good ass time, but like I guess for me, like I really value humor and having a good time and laughing with someone. So like I think when I say like oh, I'm the happiest around them, I think about my friends that truly make me laugh because it just feels like that's just who I am, though you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting. Yeah, everyone's definition of what they look for in a friend is very different. Well, as adults, our time and energy is clearly finite. How important is reciprocal effort to you in a friendship? How do you address it when you're starting to feel like maybe you're putting in more effort than the other person is? For some reason, I think this is a really tough question. I kind of struggle with an answer. But for me, it really depends on a lot of things. Like, for example, the specific friendship we're describing. Your own personal preferences when it comes to connecting. And where you both currently are in life. For context purposes, I don't know why I decided to share this, but like for me right now, personally, I'm in a place in my life where I'm very satisfied with my close friends, like my existing groups, individuals that I connect with on a day-to-day basis within those groups, like just different people in general. I feel very satisfied with my friends. With that, I personally don't have the emotional and social bandwidth to really expand on other friendships. So just like that is just a context where I meant to like being reciprocal because someone can reach out to me and I'm going to be like, nah, <laughs> like to be very straightforward. But I think for me, when I think about reciprocal effort, it's pretty important to me in terms of follow through, like mm-hmm. actions, I guess. Like, for example, I don't mind ask, like, I don't mind being the person to always ask someone to hang out. But in that discussion, they're like, yes. And they help me choose a place to meet or like kind of initiate and like follow through with me. I feel like they're kind of, I guess, like throwing in their part in our friendship, you know, because I feel like if I'm initiating and I'm planning everything, I'm like, what is this person doing just showing up? It's just then I feel kind of like there's it's there's imbalance there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk about like it depends on where you are in your life. I mean, I think we've all been there. Like, for example, I've been that single person and then my friend gets in a relationship and I'm just like, we were hanging out all the time and now we're not hanging out anymore and you feel unfair. But that's where I was at that time. Like, I was really single. You know, I didn't, I wasn't as independent and I really like, was like, what the heck? You know, our friendship changed or whatever. But I think even now, like when, as a person that's, has a partner, I'm in a different place where I don't feel like, I, I'm going to have that like, that need for someone, mm. you know? And I just think it really depends, like, on where you are in life when the other person is in life. Like, another example for amongst us three, I know when Helen got pregnant, I took it kind of hard in terms of our friendship because I was like, I'm not going to see her anymore and I'm being so <laughs> selfish and all this stuff. But it's also understanding it's just like, well, now she's entering a new part of her life and now seeing her as a mom, it's like, I know how limited her time is. It's just not, I'm not being like, girl, you didn't ask me for lunch. I was like, well, yeah, she was feeding her baby. So it's just kind of like, it really just depends on where you are in life, where your friend is in life and it changes and there's ebbs and flows. So I think I'm just learning how to be more understanding of like this idea of reciprocal effort, mm-hmm. which I'm still comprehending. So that is my long answer. Mel, I think like your your response basically is like your how do you address it? You're kind of just more forgiving or you're more understanding or compassionate when effort can't necessarily be matched one for one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is something that like for my older friends, like friends that I've known for a, like lifelong, close, all of those in the upper category in the first seven that we listed, um, I feel like I'm really understanding with effort. I'm okay with putting in more certain periods because like we said as you go through different life stages like pregnancy or starting a family or if they're Mm -hmm. like planning a wedding or or you know in grad school or whatever it might be like there's going to be periods where it's not they're just not available as much and I'm Mm -hmm. okay to carry that weight because I know that that's going to happen for me as well right but when it comes to making new friends and I think I think I actually even I know it's like a trend that people say as you get older, like you're like no new friends, that's saying, right? Like you don't want to you kind of like value your time. I think maybe for me, because um, I don't I've just been in a state of mind of being more open to exploring, maybe because I've also been dating. I'm just getting more people Mm. in my life, but I am open to meeting new people um, and making new friends later in life. But in those new friendships, that's where reciprocal effort matters a lot to me. 
because I treat it kind of like dating. Like with dating, if you are not going to naturally want to text me or call me back, then that feels like you're not interested. And why would I want to keep chasing you if you're, you know, like I want a friend that's going to equally enjoy my company. So that's kind of the, when it comes to reciprocal effort, I feel like lifelong friends, it doesn't matter as much. But if we're like new friends, that's where like I do look at it a lot as a gauge. Mm. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I think with this, question it's and thinking just about more like maintaining friendships it's like a majority of our lives if you think about it like throughout our lives us and our closer best friends like we were always in the same phases of life right like when you're Mm -hmm. in middle school y'all are in middle school no one's doing anything else but be in middle Mm -hmm. school and then when you're in high school the same goes and college and even your first job and many of your friends share in not the same but similar experiences for a lot of your life and it's not until either friends Mm -hmm. move away or get a job or start getting deeper into relationships or getting married having babies that all of a sudden your individual focuses and life paths become very different. And I even think for us and our group of friends, only two to five years ago were we very much aligned in how much we worked and how much we came together to party on the weekends afterwards, right? So mm-hmm. I definitely miss those days, but times are are different now. And I see what you're saying, Jay, that like with old friends, I guess you're a little bit more lax in terms of the reciprocal effort. But then with new friends, it's like, well, if we're going to start this path together, there has to be definitely much more like work put into it. Um, Mm. but I do remember like when some of my friends back home started getting married and trying for kids and didn't have the energy to come out and meet me up for like a wild night out in Boston anymore. I remember feeling a little hurt by it, but now that I'm in a position that I only have 24 hours a day, but the responsibility of a growing human, like it is exhausting to have, to have responsibility for someone other than yourself. And when you get to a place where your friends are in different phases of their lives, inevitably the level of reciprocality is gonna look different from one person to another. And I feel like the magnitude of effort is on a different scale. But then the next time when I went home and that friend came out to meet me, I know that that effort was still there. And the effort mm. just looked different from what my effort might've looked like and, and that's okay. Cause I think in those moments, I remind myself that everyone is the protagonist of their own lives and also no one is a protagonist in anyone else's lives. And as long as there is some level of effort, like that, that is okay. You know, and that just means that you're in a unique phase in the lifetime of your friendship. And a couple years down the line, when your lives merge or things stabilize, I could totally see me and those types of friends going from, from social group friends to close friends again. Yeah, that's a good observation. I have a question for you both, a follow-up to this, like maintaining friendships and new friendships. Like, I don't know about you two, but I think sometimes mentally I know that, for example, like I mentioned, like I am on, I am kind of more on the hashtag no new friends train because I'm also very aware of like now that I'm dating someone, I'm meeting his friends Mm -hmm. and his family. And I really want to make sure I have the brain capacity and Mm. an effort to really make sure I connect with them too. But that's also carving out space also for me. So just like, I think with that, knowing that I want to also prioritize my partner's close Mm. friends and family that I cannot, like, I don't have the capacity for anything outside. So I wonder, Janet, like for you, if you think that with dating and Helen, for you, like knowing that, you know, you also maybe want to establish like a mommy friends. And like when you, when your baby starts going to school, like making friends, like play dates and things like that. Do you think about like, oh, I can't handle any more new friends because I literally have to think about the upcoming relationships I'm going to manage. I think, Mel, with what you're saying, it's interesting. Like, I actually thought about, like, if I am dating someone and I meet their friends, I do consider that new friends. So I guess versus you are saying, like, you're, um, you kind of already, or you wouldn't consider those, like, new friends, right? They would be, like, maybe your partner's friends. Um, But, and, and I... I think maybe it's been a while since I've had that that kind of scenario to deal with. So I haven't had to like, you know, shake up my schedule mm-hmm. and figure out how to like, um, how to make that work. Um, and I can also, especially as we go into the holiday season, I could see how that like in the time where a lot of people are going to start, you know, meeting friends and family and stuff like that, that that can get really overwhelming. Um, so yeah, I guess it is definitely something that should be accounted for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I would definitely consider those new friendships, too, especially if you're going to be with this person Mm. for a long 
term. Like mm. whenever you see his friends, it it's like a weird feeling if you're like, oh, they're just his friends and not my friends. But if you put in the time and effort and it's it feels effortless and they're just like good people, then they will end up becoming your really good friends too, right? I mean, like look at me and Philip. Like both of you are mm. hashtag, hashtag, hashtag Philip's <laughs> friends first. I don't know if that's a hashtag, but <laughs> for some reason I went there. Um, and now like we're closer than you are to him right <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah i don't even consider like it's weird because i don't even consider it like phil train i remember like when me and you got close i'm like yeah that train passed long time ago <laughs> on a different platform yeah but i think with new friends it's it's one of those things where if it makes sense in a certain part of your life i think you're always going to want that human connection with someone who's also mm-hmm. going through similar experiences so when you're yeah for me like making new mommy friends had has been so helpful for me you know mm-hmm. in doing that even though i know that me carving out time for those people means that i'm not spending as much time with like you ladies or my friends that don't have kids and that does make me feel guilty and it's it's like you only have so much time in a day and there's only so much that you can do but as long as you're still making the effort to meet up maybe not as often but still meet up with your close friends and maintain those relationships it's just like a very difficult balancing act but i think one that differs for each person and you just have to find out what the right balance is for you how about friends who live in like a different city than you um what are some ways you maintain a strong connection with them because i know you know helen your friends a lot of your friends are in boston um jay spent a couple years in sf and also for me like a lot of my friends in the bay so curious how you both maintain your friendships yeah i well, I have to be completely honest and say that in a lot of my early adult years, I was horrible at keeping in touch. I was very much of a, like, um, if you are physically in my parameter, then I'm going to see you a lot. And then and then if not, it, it would, um, I would just, was so focused on um, just like work in my own life. And, but now that like, you know, I've had like a couple of, oh my God, I was gonna say a couple of decades that pass, which makes me feel old, but, but um, yeah, I mean like living more life and having lived in more different cities and having more friends who have like moved away and then moved back, um, I've kind of started to develop like ways to keep in touch. And one thing I think is really important is that there isn't like one way that works for every single relationship. It's gonna depend a lot on, what how you prefer to communicate and how and how you feel like close to someone and also how your friend does um so for example like i have some friends that like love to text right and i'm not a great texter but i'm like in terms of initiating conversation but i'm pretty good at like texting back if you if it's like a conversation or whatnot so if so with my friend Kristen, who's based in northern california she'll randomly text me like memes or things like that and we'll just send that back and forth and that's like one way we keep in contact and she'll also randomly like she started facetime calling me and i think she was the first person where it kind of normalized video chat with me like years years ago because i'm definitely one of those people that if you call me i don't pick up just (laughs) because they want to like it's hard usually people call during the daytime it's like i kind of want to set time aside to like know we're gonna have a chat um, but yeah, with her, it's very kind of like off the cuff whenever she wants to reach out and, and we'll keep in contact that way. And it's it's mutual, mutual like um, effort. And then also being able to visit each other and travel together. Usually it's like four four times a year or so. Um, mm. Whereas with my friend Drushti, we keep in contact in a very different way. She's a very like scheduled person. So we literally will like schedule a phone call <laughs> and then we'll schedule time in our calendar to like have a two hour conversation or something like that. Um, and now she lives, uh, you know, like uh, in Yorba Linda, which is like about an hour, hour and a half away from where I am. So we try to then also see each other at least like two to three times a month. Um, So those are some um, examples, I guess, of like two very different ways that I maintain contact, but but it like caters to that particular friend. Mm, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like trying to think of a different answer than text or calling, but like what else can you do? It's like send them a psychic message or something. Talk to them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but with my Boston friends from home, we do have like a Boston chat that people will communicate mm-hmm. in sometimes. I feel like that's a good way to just get everyone kind mm-hmm. of on the same page and sharing happy birthdays. And if anyone's in town or visiting, it's a good, easy way to just collect everyone together. Um, but other than that, I will text and sometimes FaceTime my closer friends from home. And then whenever I'm home, I'm always just super excited to see my friends 
again, we'll catch up during dinner. And during those dinners, we have long catch ups. And it, it literally feels like no time has passed. And we're forever going to be, even though we're like reaching our mid 30s, be our high school selves again. When Even when we're like 80 years old, I could totally see us just always referencing our past selves mm-hmm. and high school memories. I think it's just, you know, making sure you check in with these friends once in a while, like sending a text message that even says like, hey, thinking about you and then seeing if they want to chat. And if they're busy, I don't take it personally. I'm just like, tap, tap, just thinking about you if you want to chat. If not, that's cool. I'll wait till I get home um, and then we can chat next time. But um, that's kind of how I keep in touch with friends from home. Yeah. How about you, Mel? Very similar <laughs> to you too. Um, I love group texts. Kind of like have you have a Boston chat um, with your friends who are back home. I have a group chat with like, my college friends are like all of us there and there's one from my like middle school friends and that was, like the middle school friends is always more like um life updates like oh we bought a house or like uh, we're engaged and just like the happy birthday messages would go in like um i like how they, they never like directly message you sometimes but i feel like that group message is like a it's like a check-in i really mm. appreciate that and then um I have like a bunch of random group chats with like different friends in the different pockets of my group like I'm going to call them out, but I have a singles Inferno chat <laughs> that started off as all my single, a lot of my single friends from college and maybe like random friends from SF and then slowly all of us started dating. But now it's just more like a, it's it just, it's like the humor of everyone in the group. It's for me just, it's like a, my comedic relief almost like every week. Um, and it's also like kind of like our chat to be like, how's it going with your person? I had a freak out moment. Oh, describe why. <laughs> so we just have each, it's not like our mini like therapy session. So I think every groups of friends or like different group chats will kind of serve its purpose. I also think maybe even another thing I thought of is like little rituals that you set with certain friends in different cities. Like I know this isn't super far away, but um, Justin, the, the twins live in Orange County. We live in LA, which is to me kind of, I still think it's a far drive, but one thing we've been doing for years since our friendship started, like, I don't know how many years ago, but we do sleepovers. And it just feels like that's our little thing we do. That We always get fun and then we do a sleepover. And it's just, like, kind of building these little, like, ritual things that you do with someone. I think it's kind of fun. Obviously, these things will change and evolve as you guys get older. I'm just, like, I looked at Justin. I was, like, are we going to be 40 and still having sleepovers with <laughs> oh, each other? Like, cute. is this going to be a thing? Um, but, yeah, FaceTiming, too, is a good thing. Um, and to make it to make it fun and interesting. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else we do. But that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, it's just technology, really. Yeah. And just sending rituals. Like, ma- creating rituals for your friends. Yeah, yeah. That's a great – I love mm-hmm. that, creating rituals. Definitely, I have – I was, like, trying to think through my friends of, like, I have different things that I do with different people and that you kind of always – like, when you hang out, that's mm-hmm. the activity that you both enjoy. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So we talked a lot about ways to keep friendships alive and how to keep in contact. Now let's talk about the friendship breakup. Ugh, these are so tough to go through. They often hurt as much as or maybe more than a romantic relationship. Um, And maybe that's because close friends become chosen family. They become big parts of our lives. They're people that we rely on, that we trust, that we love, and that we can turn to during the best of times, but probably especially, more importantly, during the worst of times. Losing someone like that is a heartbreaking experience. So I'd like to ask you ladies, 
Have you ever given up on a friendship or outgrown a friendship? Um, I have. And this one friend is someone whom I think I've talked about once before in a past episode, mm. but he was a very good friend in college, one of my best friends. And it was just the most platonic, feel good, same wavelength, same types of jokes, best friend, the type of person that would always have my back and mine his, just so easy to be around type of friend. And my senior year of college, I started getting very romantically involved with someone from a different college about 20 minutes away. And I started to become not as present for our friendship. I apologized to him about it years later. And I realized that I was just not a good friend to him during that time. But during that time, I remember thinking, why is this friend of mine being so mean to me? Like, where are these walls that are coming up? Where are they coming from? Can he be happy for me? And I just, I remember I didn't get it. I was very much in my honeymoon phase, tunnel visioned and in love. And you would think that a friend of yours would be happy for you, right? And I was upset at him for not understanding that. So I started to put my walls up and we had a huge falling out, a very public one. And it was embarrassing and a really shitty way to end our friendship during our senior year when we should have been really focusing on building a foundation for a lifelong friendship, which is something we definitely would have had had it not been for the lack of maturity in communication, the lack of reciprocal effort, the the issue of protagonism, right? We're like both protagonists in our own stories. And I will say that I think since then, I've learned from that mistake. I think when you're young and in love, it's just so hard to take a step back and realize life is much more than just your significant other. So now I recognize that and I try to be much more intentional with my time with my friends. Or at least if I can't make something communicative of why I can't make it to an event that I would have usually gone to. And I think that's just like a whole other thing of like, why it's hard being a mom. Like you just hold all this guilt that you're letting go of this person that you used to be, who is always around, always reliable, party animal, whatever it is. And in college, yeah, I was like very tunnel vision with my significant other. But as a mom, I am very present as a mom, but also very aware of certain moments that I wish I could be at and experience with my friends. So it's not the great greatest feeling sometimes, but my intentions now to still grow my friendships despite my at-home responsibilities is very different from what it was in college. I have a follow-up question for you, Helen. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your breakup story, but it sounds like you had your breakup and are you guys quote-unquote back together as friends? We're not. So um, we met up at a mutual friend's wedding and we were really drunk <laughs> and then we like sat in a corner and just like cried it out together we literally were Aww. bawling together because i mean our friendship ran really really deep and we were really good friends and it's just like you know like literally not like eight years later is when you come mm. back with your old friend who you had a huge falling out with and hadn't talked to for so long and um more mature now we both apologize to each other and said okay let's keep in touch and then we didn't really make the effort to keep in touch anymore so mm -hmm. i think that was a sign that also um like maybe that that just meant that that was the end of that relationship and who knows maybe eight years down the line we're back at a wedding and crying again and maybe then <laughs> we take a different path but i think during this time we were also both just very busy with our lives mm -hmm. and um yeah i don't i don't hold anything against him for not because i i realized i didn't either and mm -hmm. it's just yeah one of those friendships that you appreciate for what it was um and also it, it felt like a little bit of a closure to mm -hmm. be able to talk to each other again that is nice as you can say as a as like a in terms of a breakup it felt like a very mutual even though it was like mm -hmm. eight years after but that you were able to kind of like both be okay with the conclusion yeah for now We'll see. I don't believe it's a closed mm. friendship yet. <laughs> so it's still hopeful. But how about for you, Mel? I know there's one friendship that you might be talking about here that was also a very good friend of yours. Yeah. So my breakup story with my friend is one, I would say pretty recent, two, unexpected, very unexpected. Um, and I kind of feel like I was ghosted. And I hate that feeling. Mm. This friend of mine, I considered one of my best friends. Like, straight up. Like, homie, best friend. We would talk all the time. Met my family. Like, just like, true, like, 
you're one, you're going to be one I'm going to have in my life forever. That kind of feeling. Um, pandemic definitely changed a lot of things for everyone. Um, I think as one of his really close friends, it's also like, you know, heterosexual, heterosexual male, female, like mm-hmm. friendship. So people may, you know, have some thoughts about that. Um, we shared a lot of our dating lives with each other because we're both dating and sharing our stories and like, we're kind of each other's soundboards of like, how do you, what do you think about this person? I'm like, nah, dude, I don't think she's your type. Or like, I don't know. Like she likes you. I don't think she'll lead her on. Like things like that. We would just share with each other. So during the pandemic, he was in a relationship with a girl and I also don't know much about the relationship from their perspectives. Just to give you that context. All I hear, all I know are things that he told, he's told me. So that is definitely like, kind of like, um, skewed vision of someone's relationship and I understand that but based on the things he would share with me about the relationship I felt like he wasn't happy and I felt like he could be in a more happier state because I also know about his ex his exes and his past relationships I'm just like you know you're not this you're not the type to put yourself in these type of situations relationships where you're not where you're fighting this much or things like that so I was like I would share with him like Maybe give it another month, see how you feel, reevaluate it. But, if you're, but you're kind of saying the same thing to me over and over again. I think at this time, as he was dating someone, um, the pandemic, obviously, we're spending more like closed off time. And me and my f- previous friend, we would FaceTime a lot and then kind of catch up on stuff. And I think it was really hard for me personally to be very vulnerable and open about my life updates when I know his girlfriend was in the same room as him. Because I felt like there was someone listening on my conversation. I'm just someone that I really value one-on-one time. And that felt really awkward for me. At the same time, I am also someone that I do not... And this... Everyone's different. If I know you are very unsure about someone, or based on my perspective or my opinion, you are unsure, I will not put an effort into my friend's significant other. Because I feel that's a waste of time, personally. So with that, I wasn't like being like super extra friendly with his significant other because I'm just like, I wasn't sure if you're going to stay together. I was cordial, but I also felt like our friendship was changing. And through the pandemic, I had this thought of like, you know what, we're best friends, but I feel like with his his current relationship and where we are as friends, maybe we're not meant to be best friends during this time because I do hold a very strong significance with best friends. Like I will go above and beyond for you versus like another friend so like for me as my best friend I will do things for you so I think we also had like a disagreement about something so I later on had a conversation with him saying I'm I'm realizing right now that I don't know if we're meant to be best friends at this time because it seems like I have this certain expectation of you that we was there like I expect the same type of dynamic that we had prior to the pandemic and we're not getting that right I'm not getting that right now for me because you're tiptoeing around talking with me because your girlfriend's there and I don't know. And like, I've also later found out that his girlfriend does not like me Mm. because, because, and this is the thing that kind of upsets me is that like, and I don't know if she knows this, but I think a part of my conversation with him got revealed to her because she stumbled upon a text message and stuff. And obviously when your friend is venting to you and sharing their concerns, I'm going to support my friend and share my thoughts on the situation. The not so happy thoughts. I'm not going to be like, stick with her, stay with her. Like that's not, I'm on my friend's side and giving my feedback. And so I think she read those comments or read my text and was very unhappy with my, with what I, what I had to say about the relationship with that. And maybe other reasons that I do not know. She does not like who I am, does not like me, whatever. So it, it kind of caused a strain of our friendship. And I felt like it just changed the, the dynamic And so I had had this talk with him saying, it just seems like we can't be how we were if your girlfriend hates me. Like, there's no way, unless we clear the air, unless you tell me you love her. Like, all these other things. Like, if you're telling telling me right now you want to commit to her, I will make that effort as your friend to get to know her, to make sure that she feels involved. But I'm not getting that from you as my friend either. So what do you expect me to do? And he was like, no, Mel, I think we could totally make this work. I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think we can like find a middle ground or whatever. Like, and so I was like, okay. So I left that conversation thinking like, I think we're good. And then following that conversation, this is like in January. I forgot what year. A month later, it was my birthday. He sends me this really sweet message saying, happy birthday, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, we are still fine. 
His birthday comes around a few months later and I reciprocate back and saying, and I, I send a text message saying, happy birthday. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. Blah, 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 blah. And then he doesn't respond. And I think for me, I just find it weird because like I am someone that like I will I actually think about what I'm texting someone for their birthday. I send a direct message and usually the typical behavior is that within two days span a week, they'll respond back saying, thank you so much. It doesn't have to be like super long, just acknowledging that they got the message. I didn't get anything, which I find really odd. And so I just thought maybe he's busy, gave it a few months, heard nothing, gave it a few months, still nothing. And then I don't know how long, how long, how much time has passed, but then I realized he unfollowed me off on everything. Facebook, he unfriended me. He unfriended me on Instagram and all this stuff. And I just was like shocked because I didn't even get a reason why. And that, I think that is what truly bothered me is I didn't even get an explanation. And I found out like maybe a few months later or a year later, he did the same thing to another friend of his that I also knew. But that friend got an explanation and I didn't. And I think sometimes I tell myself that like, you know, maybe if I was in his shoes, I would choose a person I love. And I totally understand that you're choosing your partner. That is totally fine. Um, and I get it. I think for me, I wish I had an explanation because I would be understanding of like, hey, Mel, I true love her. I want to be there for her. And at this time, I cannot be friends with you. I think even having that explanation, I would be like, cool. But the fact that I didn't get that and I had to hear about different things that happened in his life through even you two, do my other friends. It was just such a really unfortunate series of events. And to be honest, like right now I'm okay. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, I kind of accepted it, but for the longest time for the past year, I would catch myself crying because it just broke me. It's like one, it's like one of your truest best friends just leaves you without telling you why. And you have to guess why. And you have to just cope with your own feelings. That's like the shittiest feeling ever. And the fact that he also met my family. I have to tell him like, oh, how's... Because my mom was like, how is Blah 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 doing? I was like, oh, we're not friends anymore. Why? And it's just like, that's like a weird thing too. So I think for me, kind of like Helen said, it's like, I don't know if this is going to be a forever breakup. Sometimes I wonder down the line if like, maybe like even 20, 50 years from now, if this person were to reach out to me again... I would actually accept it and be like, how have you been? Because he's someone that I feel like I truly did cherish and I still want the best for that I will. It's like, even if you were to call me with a need right now, I would, I would do it, you know, because I just really cherished our friendship. But it just feels kind of like, I just like accepted it, but it does feel kind of awkward mm -hmm. for me. But I think deep down, I am hoping that maybe we could reconnect sometime in the future. But as of now, no. And it's just... It's just weird. Like, he's someone that we're like, oh my God, your wedding, we're going to be like, I'm going to be so happy for you. And like, when you like, just like talking about like what we value in our family and our friends and just knowing that like these experiences that we were so excited to share are never going to happen now. It's just like a really crazy thing. And I never thought this would happen to me, but that is my story. Helen and Janet kind of, the, you guys are aware of it because I would share how I feel. I felt with you too. And you guys both know who he is. So it's just like an interesting situation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, Mel. I mean, so sorry again that that happened. I, both Helen and I uh, were kind of, yeah, in real time as you were like, hey, I'm not hearing back from him. I could see how sincerely hurt you were. Um, and I like to say that, yeah, to get go, I know what it's like to get ghosted in dating <laughs> and that, <laughs> that sucks, right? Um, but yeah, to the point of it being a close friend, someone that you felt um, you had a certain level of trust and closeness with is is really hard. Um, but I like that. I mean, both both you and Helen have kept an optimistic tone, which is, sure, it's closed for now, but maybe the future mm -hmm. will be different, right? So I like that. Yeah. Actually, I do have a question for both of you. Is there anything, if you go back, if you were to be able to go back, is there anything you would do differently? Oof. I think for me, um, I, yeah, I think after, after my college years and once I started becoming a little bit more mature and a little bit more precious about my friendships and realizing how difficult it is to find friends that you truly value and who truly value you, I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I should have been much more present and intentional and communicative with my friend then. 
Like that is something that I think had to come with maturity and with time and with more relationships and other things that start taking up your time other than, you know, just being present and in, on the same wavelength as as a good friend. So that's something that I, I do think, you know, if I could go back, I would have done. But in the moment, I it obviously it wasn't really something that I was too aware of. So yeah, how about for you, Mel? I'll be completely honest and people, I don't know how, I don't know if this is like brutal, but I actually wouldn't do anything because to be completely frank, I didn't do anything wrong because I'm literally reflecting back on everything I'm trying from what my, from my memory. And it's hard because I think in these situations, everyone's going to have, it's like what talents like they're, they're protagonists of their own life. You're going to have your own opinion of what, how it went down, what you did, and they might have a different perspective. But the thing is, I don't know their perspective because they're not talking to me. Um, but I don't know. I think for me, I'm trying to be as understanding as I can. And like, there's nothing I would have said differently because I thought it was a safe space of talking. Like, for example, when I text one of you guys, the conversation is between us. Like, I don't expect someone else peering over your shoulder and seeing our conversation. If I knew that was the case, I would maybe not say certain things via text and just talk to him on the phone. But... That is the assumption that when I'm texting someone individually, that is a safe space and conversation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't really change much. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like you did nothing wrong, Mel. If anything, you were trying to reach out to him to say happy birthday, to still try and like see if he'll text you back. And mm-hmm. I remember there were times where you would text him just to just to like touch base and see how he was doing. And then you would just get no response back. So, and then... Yeah, I think you're very like aware also of like social, socially aware of things. And I, I don't think that you did anything wrong. I think it's one of those things where between them two, something happened, you know, and maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe she saw those text messages and she was just like, if you want to be with me, you can't be with her as her friend. And he, you know, he just fell, fell for that. And I don't know. I'm curious also like what it was like, did you do something? Maybe we don't know. Maybe you did. And then we'll find out someday. But I, I highly doubt that it was one action from you that caused such a big rift in your relationship. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, it's kind of hard because it's like, I don't want to be that like bitter person. It's like, well, F you and F her. It's more like, you know what? You made a decision. I'm, I, I have to accept it. And it's more like, I still wish you well because you're someone I really care about. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, but I also understand that like, I think when you truly love someone, you prioritize, you prioritize your partner. Decisions are going to be made and not everyone's going to be happy with it. And like, sometimes that means cutting people off out of your life apparently. So I guess I'm just like, all right. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm slowly, to, slowly understanding that that might be a result. And for me, it's really sad because I'm like the cutting off end but if it's for the best of their relationship and where they are, then it's then then it's fine. Mm. Very mature you know? of you to say that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Jay. Well, how about you? Do you have a breakup story you want to share with your friends? Yeah. So my, I guess my my friendship breakup is more of kind of like an outgrowing of friendships. Um, so when I was in high school, there were a group of these four other girls, and we were all pretty close. Um, And she was actually the first bride I was a bridesmaid for. So she got married right out of college. And, you know, the the five of us would, like, go on trips together. Um, Just, you know, we we were very close, like, in high school and then going into, like, college and then coming out of it. Um, Unfortunately, at her wedding, there was a bit of a falling out between her and one of the other bridesmaids. And I, the other bridesmaid in that group is actually, was a friend that I was, like, the closest to in the group. So I didn't necessarily take sides but I think that naturally because I had a closer relationship with the other girl it kind of small meetups or things would happen where I just kind of you know wasn't we just weren't in each other's lives as much and then after that point she moved away and then I also moved away and um you know there would be still be like gatherings for like holidays and stuff but um I just slowly like didn't make an effort if it required me to go out of my way and she didn't make an effort and it kind of just slipped through. And for a while I felt really guilty about it because it was like, oh, we have like the other girls in the group would like make an effort to, to like make separate time to have coffee with her if she didn't join the bigger group event because the other person was there or whatever it was. Um, But then I think like kind of similar to both of you ladies, I just came to a point of accepting that it's okay for some friendships to dial down to pause or to end. 
Um, and, you know, to this day, like if I run into her, I would be so happy to like catch up and, and learn more about her life. But I think just accepting that it's okay that there are people who you shared very deep experiences with and also that maybe you feel some sort of like guilt attached to that maybe you didn't put in the time. Like it's it's okay for friendships to dial down mm-hmm. is kind of like mm-hmm. the, the conclusion I came from that one. Well, when it comes to making new friends, what are some green flags, not red flags, green flags you look for in potential new friends? I will say I am looking for extremely strong chemistry and connection, to be completely honest. Like I mentioned before, I think I am in a place in my life where it's just like I don't have the mental capacity, really. Mm -hmm. But if it's just like a dang, we just like get each other so well. We vibe very like nonstop. Yeah, then I would totally pursue it. How about you two? My uh, my one measure engaged right now is just if you have good energy and good vibes. And I know that that's <laughs> that might be like super broad, um, not specific. But yeah, if I if I am happy around your energy, then yeah, that's my green flag. How about you, Helen? Same energy, vibes, compatibility. And I think right now what I'm noticing is that I do feel that with a good amount of people, but it's more about the follow up. It's kind of like, mm. if is it convenient mm. to have each other in your lives? If you continue to be intentional about meeting up and seeing each other, tapping each other on Instagram, whatever it is, I feel like only then can the friendship grow. Otherwise, you're so in your own silos and in your own lives that compatibility or not, it's like, if there's no effort in meeting up, it's never gonna go anywhere. So that's something that I'm realizing and really seeing with my, my own friendships nowadays. Do you ladies have any tips on how to foster a deeper sense of connection with friends? I would say don't be afraid to reach out to see if someone will want to hang out with you. Expect rejection because everyone is busy, Mm. but you can't, again, form a deeper relationship if you don't see them and make the effort to hang out with them. Um, So that's like my current number one thing. What about you, Mel? For me, it's to get over that fear of FaceTiming. I know people, Mm. some people don't like being on video. I actually feel like my strongest connections are the ones I actually schedule time to FaceTime with them. It could be randomly, but like, I don't know. I just have like really good friendships with people I FaceTime, which is odd, but mm. it's face-to-face time, you know? It is what it is. <laughs> so for this question, I actually thought once again about dating. They say that um, when you experience like new and exciting and thrilling, even like scary type of uh, experiences, you feel closer to someone, right? So I would say, yeah, if you're trying to develop a deeper sense of connection with someone doing something unique that's new for both you and them. Maybe that's traveling together or, I don't know, going to um, going to like uh, an event in the city that's different than what you would normally do. Um, that could be one way to kind of have you guys both feel closer. Hmm. Well, we could really go on and on about our thoughts and learnings about friendships because we've been through a lot of different friendships now. At the end of the day, put super simply, a good friendship should feel loving and supportive and safe. The best friendships are the ones that feel this way and ones that can also help guide you in being the best version of yourself. We feel lucky and grateful to have found such a loving bond with each other and our other close friends. We wish everyone can have at least one friend like this in their lives too. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support, or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonate with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. If you like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called GRBG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is asianbossgirl. Before we end today, we want to let you all know that we've started new mini podcast shows that now release every Tuesday. Tune in to K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby Tea with Helen. Each week we'll release a new episode from one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on. 
We have a couple of shout outs for today's episode. From Stephanie in Orange County to Tam, you're an amazing human being with a beautiful soul. Much love to you, my dear friend and ABG. From Kim in New York to Haley in DC, she's wishing you a happy belated birthday. Haley's birthday was on September 8th. She's wishing you a joyous, happy belated 25th birthday, Haley, whose birthday was on September 8th. Hope your day is filled with serene walks, good noms, and those dearest to you. I'm so lucky to have you as a friend and can't wait for all our striving moments to come. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And with that, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.